Welcome to the Athlon Sports Cover 2 podcast here on AthlonSports.com. His name is Mitch Light. My name is Braden Gall. Follow us on the Twitters, please. At Braden Gall, at Athlon Mitch. You can interact there. Uh, we got our starting 11 today, championship week style, so we'll do that just a second momentarily. We've also got lots of coaching stuff. I am, I, I, I cannot avert my eyes from the Auburn Tigers' Gus Malzahn saga that just is the gift that keeps on giving. So we'll discuss that a little bit, uh, some new coaching names out there, rumors. So we'll get into some coaching stuff a little bit later on in the show as well. Um, rate, review, subscribe, please. Podcast at athlonsports.com is the email address. Mitch, I don't think we should wait. I think we should get right into the starting 11 because it's championship week. How excited are you for championship week? Pretty excited. Well, fairly I, excited. Slightly I lo- above average. I love college football. I like championship week. I like really good, compelling matchups. Don't know how many we have. <laughs> Alabama, Georgia is extremely in- it's intriguing. It's compelling. I hope it's a good game. I think it will be a good game. To me, I understand, I'm giving away your list here. So I'll, I'll Duh. Uh, Oklahoma, yeah. Oklahoma, Texas to me is the best combination of compelling slash. There's a lot of a lot of juice there. Yes, the, I, I'm glad Until they're Oklahoma not the wins time. by forty. I'm glad they're not on at the same time. Although I, eleven o'clock central, I don't know if I'll be. It doesn't feel like championship time. It feels like Iowa Northwestern. Yeah, noon. But that's always the time they play Texas Almost and Arkansas. Oklahoma, and you were fine with that in the regular season. I'm that's the one who complained. That's I, tradition, though. Remember, I complained. By know. the way, I love. There's so much to discuss about the Texas Oklahoma game, so we'll save that. Just, just save that because we got like hand gestures and like the golden hat and like 80s and all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, so we'll get to that. Uh, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I would put Washington and Utah in that same category, as far as evenly matched. It doesn't have the same stakes as Oklahoma Texas, but not the Texas. There's no stakes for Texas either, other than destroying their rivals' hopes and dreams, which is probably good enough for Texas fans. Isn't the goal of everyone? Yeah, just destroy their rivals' hopes and dreams. Have you been on Twitter? I, I, I'm, I'm familiar with the medium. The sewers? Yes. That, that is? I, I live down there. It's not a fun place to be. Uh, all right. So let's get started with the starting 11. I did not include a single game that wasn't a championship game. So Yes, you did. Number 11. That's not a championship. Uh, well, I had to put something that's on a, there. That's a bad it's a first round 11. Show. It's starting 11. Me that's solo a, versus my two kids. My wife is leaving town for the first time. That's a, that's a bad matchup. Um. Their running game is quite solid and strong. Um, the two-year-old... Double, some double-team good tackle guard. Yeah, them. the two-year-old's got a really, really solid running game. Now, the seven-month-old, not very, not very many yards per play. Um, but, but, 0. Very, 4. but very difficult to tackle in small spaces. Like, she's really feisty, and she's really wiggly, and she's really, like, she's squirmy and, like, finding her footing and stuff, so... Not, not afraid to use like bodily fluids to, oh my to God. wiggle yeah, out Yeah, like we'll, danger. We'll literally vomit on your face <laughs> to get out. So uh, number 11 on my starting 11 is me solo versus my two children because my wife is leaving town for the first time in our life with kids, and I'm going to be home alone for three I, days I haven't told you this. with my children. I've been contracted to serve as the sideline announcer for this game. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm the sideline reporter. I... Don't expect to get much from me coming off the field at halftime. Okay. <laughs> I, I will be... Going to the locker room. I will be in a rough mood. I... I Remember when John L. Smith smacked himself in the face? Yes. That's basically what I'm going to do at halftime. So I am—I don't know if you have any advice for me, uh, but I will be putting them to bed alone, getting them up alone. I have to take a day off work to take care of them. Where is she going? It is. She's got work stuff. But, okay. But it is the first time I will be home alone for multiple days with two children under two and a half years old. So pray for me, please. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts uh, and prayers, yes. Please. Yeah. Uh, so number 11, me versus okay. my two children. Uh, I, I am like... Michigan going into this game against Ohio State. 
I have the defense. They have the offense. And you're going to get outcoached. And I'm going to get outcoached and outschemed and outperformed. And humiliated. And humiliated in multiple ways. So, all right, number 11. Number 10. Is it the least interesting? Do I have it right? Louisiana versus App State for the Sun Belt Championship. Yeah, a little. You know, I, I find UAB MTSU more interesting just because MTSU's like a local team. We, we know sure. more about this them. one. I've is, seen them play. This it, one is at noon. Yeah. in Boone, North Carolina. App State's got a little bit of a no. You know, they're a little name brand, I, a little I, national name. Yep. Louisiana, it's an interesting story. Billy Napier, former Nick Saban assistant, goes out to Arizona State. First-year head coach, did a really good job there. So, yeah, it's – it's okay, it's on at noon. Am I going to watch this game? No, I might flip over. You're going to watch the, Drake and Iowa State. I'm going to – That Oklahoma, game's also Texas at noon. Game, I might – do you hate the Drake or do you what love about the Drake? East, I love the Drake. What about Akron, South Carolina? East Carolina, NC State. You know how sometimes I say – Marshall, I Virginia Tech. You know how sometimes I say I don't want to watch the game, I just want to know what happens? I don't, those I don't, for those, I don't care. I did not include a single make-good game in this list, so yeah. we're not going to discuss them. Uh, although the East Carolina-NC State has some very interesting political t- things there where like NC State hasn't played well against CCU and fans aren't really happy that they scheduled the game. And uh, There's some intrigue there's some there. There's some pressure on NC State there. There's some intrigue there. Um, I don't, is Virginia Tech the one that can get bowl eligible? Yes, Should they're 5-6. They so that one matters to them. Other than that, you know, I don't really think they're – Stanford-Cal is interesting. Obviously, a lot of juice there. For those is that, two teams. That, is that on Pac-12 Network? It is. That's it is on so, the Pac-12 Network. I would watch that game. I would as well. It's on at 2, so it's in between. 3 o'clock I can't Eastern. Watch it. It's in between. All right. Um, so basically, App State is what you're saying here. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yawn. As you yawn, yawn literally just, in the middle of the I'm analysis. Yawning is, you know, we're, you know, literally in the middle of the analysis. It's very group of five. <laughs> it's tremendously group of five. Uh, what is the point spread on that game? I have yes. not seen. The answer is yes. Yes, there is a point spread. There's a point spread. I'll find it. Uh, so that 17. is 17. App State by 17. Large, Whoa. Large margins. Large in the margins, to quote 311. Uh, UAB at MTSU. So we get a home game sort of here uh, in the borough, which is just down the road here from uh, those of us uh, who live here in Nashville. This game uh, is at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. Middle Tennessee is a one-point favorite. UAB, Bill Clark, 9-3, and three, Middle Tennessee, Rick Stockstill. Interesting, interesting matchup they are, in the Conference they, USA Championship game. They're 8-4. and four. Three of their losses are to SEC teams. Mm-hmm. Kentucky, because, Vanderbilt, and Georgia, correct? Yes, very solid season. Um, i got to be honest, though, when I saw them in person in week one, I didn't say to myself, that looks like a Conference USA Championship team. Didn't think it was the best MTSU team I've seen, but what do I know? Uh, great quarterback who stayed healthy, which has been a key, did not stay healthy last year. UAB... We've talked, Bill Clark, tremendous job. I mean, nationally, I think probably one of the more underrated coaches nationally. Kind of laid an egg last week with an opportunity to get a home game in the conference championship game. They lost 21-3, to I think. I don't know if there was any, we don't want to show them anything because we're playing them again next week. I don't know about that. I would take MTSU playing very well down the stretch at home. Okay. I like the Blue Raiders as well. Uh, Game number eight on the list, which is a rematch, correct? Fresno State against Boise State um, I'm, as I'm stalling to pull up the time of this game. Uh, this one, of course, is in Boise and will be played at 7.45 p.m. Eastern time. Boise State, a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Yeah, they beat Fresno uh, on a Friday night 24-17 a few weeks ago. Boise kind of, you know, lost. Wasn't Fresno State was favored in that game, yes, correct? Fres- yeah, they'd been rolling. Boise State kind of fell off the map nationally when they got manhandled at Oklahoma State in week three. 
also lost to San Diego State, but they've pretty much been rolling ever since. I don't want to say rolling, a lot of close wins. You know, five points over BYU, four, seven points over Fresno, four points over Nevada. I li- What's the spread? You got? It? I like Fresno on the road. Two and a half, Boise State, two and a half point favorite. Yeah, I like Fresno State on the road. No, no, they, they've lost one game. They've lost two games this year at Minnesota by seven and at Boise State by seven. This goes for the Oklahoma Texas matchup as well. Would you would you rather be the team that won the first time or the team that lost the first time? I would rather be the team that won the first time because I was better than them. I understand the psychology and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, I'm just stuff. curious. Yeah, I. Like there's a motivational thing there for the team that lost, but if like you won, like saying it's hard to beat a team three times in the season. Well, you know what? If you beat them the first two times, you might be better than them. Well, that's an NF- that's certainly an NFL yeah, thing. Um, okay, I was just curious there because it does apply to the Texas OU matchup, which I think plays into Oklahoma's favor. Actually, if you believe that it's better to have lost or it's tougher to win twice or whatever, that helps Oklahoma. But that 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 was a game that went down to literally the last play of the game. So it's right. not like someone won by 21 points. Kyler Murray put some fear in him at the end of that game. I, I agree, and we'll get to that by in a second. By scoring 21 straight points. Yeah, um, and so I also think this is different because it's a home game. It's not a neutral field game. Uh, both of those for Oklahoma, Texas will be neutral site. Uh, all right, number uh, seven on the list for me is NIU Buffalo. I already got some heat on Twitter for suggesting that this game was B. Why did I have this game ahead of the, Ma- uh, of the Mountain West Championship game? And I just I can't explain it. I just feel like they've th- these two teams have been on a collision course for what feels like weeks. And NIU versus Buffalo at Ford Field, no no line on this game right now. It it just feels like these two have been sort of lining up to play each other. And there's some excitement there for me. I don't I can't explain it, but I like this one better than Fresno and Boise. Maybe because I've already seen the Fresno and Boise thing. But did you actually wrong? see it? I watched a little bit. This one by 7 p.m. Uh, on Friday evening. Yeah. No. I'll, I'm I'll, se- I cannot wait for Friday night. Yeah. It should be fun. Um. Buffalo has been an intriguing team. They got some good skill players, good quarterback, good wide receiver. Had, had a great season. We talk about Lance Leopold here. It was a different NIU. Got it done defensively this year. Not not a great year. The, the West has kind of dominated the MAC. Not not as good. The, put it the, put it this way: the MAC wasn't as dominant. The West wasn't as dominant this year. I don't have the head to head, but it just seems like and following the league that it wasn't like the usually. It seems like the four best teams are in the West. Uh, NIU's had a you know like I said interesting season. They really struggled to score. Throughout much of the year, I like Buffalo. I like Buffalo big. Ooh, Buffalo, and and Buffalo Bill. And I'm, f- I'm just at no disrespect to DeKalb, but I am openly rooting for Buffalo. To okay. Win. So there you have it. That's my analysis. What do you think about that? Strong. <laughs> strong, strong to quite strong. Strong to quite uh, strong. Uh, all right, number six on the list. And uh, obviously this one it, probably more interesting because it's the best group of five league, and that is Memphis at UCF. This was it's a, a power six league. This was, of course, uh, according to Mike Oresco, this was, of course, that game that was in Memphis earlier in the year, and we all thought, what the hell is Vegas thinking? They had UCF as like a th- four-point favorite, and, of course, they had to make the, th- the big comeback, and they had to – so Pouring th- rain. Pouring rain. This one's in Orlando, so the venue has changed, and there's a different quarterback under center for UCF. So – are we giving Memphis a pretty good crack at this? AAC championship game. I am not. I have three thirty p.m. Eastern. I have now. Memphis played very well against Houston last week. Tie game. They scored the last twenty-one points. They looked really good on offense. I have been concerned about Memphis's lack of quality wins. You know, I mentioned this last week. Their wins were over Mercer, Georgia State, South Alabama, UConn, East Carolina, Tulsa. SMU in Houston. They also have a 1,700-yard running back. Yes, Daryl Henderson, very good. The last two wins, though, at SMU and then Houston, maybe. So maybe I'm wrong. It is a good offense, not as good as last year. They're just not as good at the quarterback position, but they're better running the ball. 
I still like UCF at home. I, I think they have even more of a chip on their shoulder now that they lost their quarterback. They're like people, you know, I think Mac did a, will do a good job for them. I think it'll be a competitive game. Last year's championship game was phenomenal. I don't know if it'll be as wild as yeah, last year. Yeah, it was year, great last year. But I like UCF at home. I, I just think that Memphis has a lot of confidence with the way they played in this game uh, in the in the first meeting. So there's something to the same thing with the Oklahoma-Texas and Fresno-Boise matchup that you've got this this rematch. Um, all right, so that's our that's the group of five. Then we're going to do the next five here that are power five. But I want to – I got a couple of playoff questions. Should I wait till after – the games to to ask some playoff questions for you for rankings like kind of well okay here's the other thing let's finish the game so we can move on to other things well it, it kind of pertains to the game then, games, then do what you want well i don't know so i can't he, answer the question first of all can i announce when the next podcast is going to be done can we officially announce this this is announceable information let me go ask the uh authorities i've i've i've, I've asked my authorities as well they oh, you've, you've been approved i've been approved i don't need permission you don't I okay. just if I need to go do something, I say I'm out of here. I'm God, going. It's very Urban Meyer of you. Yeah. Um, uh, podcast on Sunday, this week, immediately following the release of the rankings. We like did, immediately, we did it last year. We watched it together, hand in hand, watching the rankings, and then walked into the studio and did the podcast. So Sunday, re, Im, immediate reaction to the rankings being released um, as it pertains to the college football playoff on Sunday. So get your your podcast clocks set a day early i don't know not really the term but just look at your phone (laughs) i don't know uh by the way have you seen the screen time thing on your phone have you checked that um we'll have to do that in the off season my kid my oh my god it's i was i was over two hours a day and it was not even close to my coworkers. did you figure like there's more time like over did you average over 24 hours a day former michigan state wide receiver and tennessee titan all pro Derek mason my co-host on my morning show here locally in nashville looks at his phone screen time Nine hours and 34 minutes a day. Now, I've got a question on that. Like, what if you, like, sometimes if I've got my phone up and I want, and it's been on Twitter and there's certain things that it won't, it doesn't go silent, it doesn't go blank. So if my phone's sitting on my desk and it's, and, and Twitter's open, my phone thinks I'm looking at it, right? Probably. So that's but, my but excuse. Most of them, I'll just but look, say, it just went, I mean, most I of it will go off. Yeah. That's like my podcast usage was very low like 43 minutes or whatever over a seven day period. Because it went silent. And that's not true because yeah. it, it goes off. And, and so I, podcast is actually one of the things I do the most. I listen yes. to a lot of podcasts, not sports related, actually. Um, I listen to hours to make sure we don't sound completely idiotic, which is <laughs> impossible to do. I, you know what? I don't because we do sound You're completely right. idiotic and I don't want to be reminded. So five group of five games, uh, five five power five, excuse me. I'm very, I've, I've got an infection, a group of five. It's infection. been all season. It's been like three weeks. You think you get rid of it. I know. Um so I want to discuss these questions, but I have questions about Oklahoma versus Ohio State, Alabama making the playoff. Should we just? Dis- I guess we'll discuss them as the games go along. Clemson versus Pittsburgh. Here, here's the num- here's the one thing I want to read, and this is number five on my list. I put it on here strictly because it's a Power Five championship game. Here's the thing: four game winning streak for Pittsburgh, basically to get themselves into this into this conference championship game. 484 yards rushing against Duke. 254 yards rushing against Virginia, 492 yards rushing against Virginia Tech, Tech. 154 yards rushing against Wake Forest, 69 yards rushing. It's like they shut it down against Miami. 1.8 yards per carry against Miami. Didn't want to show anything on film. These are two of the best rushing teams in the country, Clemson and Pittsburgh, and Clemson is favored. It's a night game. I believe it's 8 o'clock Eastern time, same time as the Big Ten Championship game, and it is a 25-point spread. It's not good for your league. There is no like no one is giving Pittsburgh a chance. Is there some chance that their rushing attack takes the air out of the game, turns it into a low-scoring game, and Pittsburgh can hang? Some chance, not great chance. Um, 
had they not been shut down by by Miami, I would have a little more confidence. I mean, totally shut down. Yeah, like I was kidding about not showing anything on film. Miami's really good on defense. Clemson's better. Now you can play, you know, one poor game doesn't mean you can't play well the next week. It's just a bad sign that they got shut down by that Miami defense. Pitt has, you know, each team's different. Each week's different. I get that. But Pitt has obviously been a, you know, they beat Clemson a few years ago. Sure. And, and that four-game winning streak that I rattled off all those rushing statistics, Kenny Pickett, eight completions. Against four against, bowl teams. If Virginia right. Tech wins this week, not great teams, but it's Duke right. at Virginia, Virginia Tech at Wake Forest. And and, they beat Syracuse. And well, and here's the but here's they beat here, Georgia Tech. Here's Sorry. my question though: yeah. Can he pick it in that four game winning streak where we rattled off all those rushing numbers? Eight completions against Duke, seven completions against Virginia, seven completions against Virginia Tech, and then he had this explosion against a very bad Wake Forest defense, twenty three of thirty for three hundred sixteen yards. You cannot beat Clemson with seven completions from your quarterback, right? Unless you're Georgia Tech, and unless unless they're running for three hundred yards and they're controlling the clock. I mean, that's the only reason that he, he goes seven or eight completions because they, they rush for 500 yards. Right. But there's no way that's going to happen against Clemson. I agree. I don't. I'm, I'm grasping at straws. I don't here. like I don't the have... formula. Like, I think you have to. Syracuse did some good things offensively, but they're more pass oriented. It's a totally different formula. Right. Like, point. I don't think you can grind out a win against Clemson. I, and, I'm, and that's Pittsburgh's formula. Okay. So, Success. no chance, basically, is what we're saying. Very, very little. Okay. Um, all right, number – so we both have Clemson. Here's the question. If they lose Clemson, strangely, do they get knocked out of the playoff? Yeah, that's like one thing that no one ever talks about. We've talk, we would probably talk about if Alabama loses. That's why you listen to this podcast, baby. I think they're in. I think they're already really? in. Really? Yeah. They're 12-0. and They'd have the same record as Oklahoma or Ohio State or whatever. Why would their body of work not? I'm, count? I'm trying to compare their their my argument against Alabama, which we'll get to, is their cons- you know you can well Alabama won by 20 every time. Yeah, but that's that, the so I'm looking. Once they the, this version of this team is doing the same thing, like once Lawrence Trevor Lawrence has been the quarterback and they've gotten healthy at that position, they're just destroying people. The Syracuse game was their their one third con- string quarterback. Yeah, where they kind of almost stubbed their toe. Texas A&M on the road, difficult place to win. Kelly Bryant played most of the snaps. That's not the team they have right now, but that's still a good win. You don't need to apologize for winning. That's a really good win. For two points at Texas A&M. So, yeah, I, I think if you're going to make the argument that Alabama's still in, you have to make the argument that Clemson's still in. I think Clemson still gets in. So, Cle- to your point, too, Clemson, and in, in, we always say this, Las Vegas does not make the selections, but it's good to know. Clemson would be a favorite over Oklahoma or Ohio State in a neutral field. or And big over Notre Dame. Yes. I would assume as well. Uh, Northwestern. Versus Ohio State. Now, Northwestern at 8-4, and four, I think on paper, gives Ohio State at least a, a quality win, right? It's not a great win. It's not a bad win. I, I think Pitts, beating Pittsburgh as a 25-point favorite is sort of viewed as a meh. This game feels a little different to me because North, Northwestern has played well in some spots. They played well against Notre Dame. Michigan. They played well against, up, yeah, right, well against Michigan. I feel like that maybe we're not giving Northwestern as much credit, perhaps, for going eight and one in the Big Ten, the, the, and um, they're 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 on an amazing streak because what they win their last five or six last year, so they, they've won like fourteen out of fifteen or thirteen out of fourteen Big oh, Ten. Oh, in games. the Big Ten, yeah, yeah, they are a great dog in the past couple of years. They've played well, so I, I give Northwestern a much better chance of beating Ohio State than I do Pittsburgh he, beating Clemson. Don't you? Uh, Ohio State's so inconsistent. Yeah, if, probably. If it's last week, my, Ohio State, no. My but. concern is that the running game for Northwestern cannot capitalize on the on sometimes what teams have done all year, 
like what Maryland did to Ohio State, uh, which is break off large chunk plays on the ground. They've run the they ball. They average three yards a carry. Uh, Isaiah Bowser, so his he um, true freshman since he emerged midseason, eighty-five yards or more in six straight games, three with over with hundred plus. Their running game has gotten better. Sometimes it's not the most efficient. Like I don't think Notre Dame they ran the ball great, but he is again eighty-five yards. The, He's the, complimented yeah, the passing game. Here's it's the not, thing. It's not midseason Northwestern. I follow you, but but midseason Northwestern was 128 yards rushing against Rutgers on 47 carries, 2.7 yards a carry. That, That's terrible. 182 yards against Wisconsin looks really good, but it was 49 carries, 3.7 yards a carry. 108 yards rushing against Notre Dame on 40 carries, 2.7 yards a carry. Iowa, 184 against Iowa is really impressive. That's really good. 46 carries, 40 But if, yards if carry. you're running Still the ball 40 good. times, you're, you're putting yourself in position to win because you're controlling the clock. Sure, and Iowa had to score late to win that game, whatever. 95 yards rushing against Minnesota, 39 carries, 2.4 yards a carry. My concern is that I, they may find their yards against Ohio State, and maybe those, because Ohio State's defense gives up the chunk plays, maybe those three-yard runs turn into seven-yard runs. But are they good enough? Now, they went for 261 against Illinois at almost five and a half yards a carry, so that... Illinois is terrible, though, so I don't know. Program on the rise. Uh, to me, it comes down to the quarterback for Northwestern. When they won some tough games, the quarterback made plays down the field. And can they make those plays? And that that's – I don't think Northwestern – I know Pat Fitzgerald's going to have some sort of scheme to go after Dwayne Haskins. I'm assuming there's going to be some really unique blitz packages because you cannot allow Dwayne Haskins to sit back there and pick you apart. But who who? how do they cover Ohio State in space? And how do they move the football – in chunk plays against Ohio State? Those are the questions, and I don't know if they're answers to those questions. And I haven't I, seen a spread on this yet. I don't know why they're, they're not putting it out. Maybe I'm wrong on this. 14. Okay. There you go. I agree with all your thoughts there. My, my Can Northwestern outscore them? Their defense has been pretty good this year, Northwestern, but Ohio State will score. They've been scoring pretty, on pretty much everyone. I mean, you put up 60 on Michigan's defense. You're you can, pretty good. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, so I, I, I agree. That I, I might pick Northwestern to cover. Just because hmm. they played the, their record against the spread as the dog has been very, very good. And there's, it, it, a, there's a certain confidence level there. Four-point win. Here's the other thing that I have a problem with with Northwestern. Sort of like Notre Dame, too. The number the, – Four-point win against yeah, oh, Purdue. Yeah. Three-point win against Rutgers. Four-point win against Iowa. One-score win over Minnesota. One-score win over Illinois. One-score win over Nebraska. You know, but, you it's know not what? like they beat bad teams handily. They they struggle with last bad year teams. three overtime wins. They they are on a roll of what some luck, some one score loss to making Akron. plays when they when 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 it matters the most. They've lived a charm life the last two years. I think there's a I think they are a worthier adversary to Ohio State than people think. But, I agree with that, but that it's going to be something like forty nine twenty one when it's all said and done, that they pull away and they cover. So that's my thought. I mean, you know, they beat. They beat. They won at Michigan State. <coughs> so they, they won at Rutgers by three. You know, it's just it's been a weird season. Um, all right, we're gonna. I'm gonna ask my playoff questions then after the games. I've, I've just figured this okay. out. Okay, I figured this out. Okay, uh, number three on the list, and I people are poo pooing this one because I had it. I'm poo pooing Utah versus Washington. Why would you poo poo? What should be well? It's a Friday night game, so that's one of the have, most. It'll have a spotlight. One of the most physical football games with a conference championship on the line for a program like Utah that has a chance to take its entire existence to another level, its entire identity. There's it, they've played once already, and it was a low-scoring, close game. I obviously I know there's some injuries for Utah, but this game has the makings of a just physical brawl, and I love that idea. Not only is it a great uniform game. 
You got Santa Clara. I, I don't. There's. You know what? I I, like, I love everything about this. No, it's, plus, it's exactly what I predicted in the in the beginning that, of the year. That's it, basically. No, that's not it. But maybe a little. Okay, bit. Okay, you say you love everything about this. I would love it a lot more if it was on a home campus. I, this kind of no environment. That's one thing I don't like about the ACC championship. I like. So you think the, all these should be played? The S. No, the SEC and the Big Ten always have great environments. The ACC. You think Northwestern fans are going to show up? Yeah. In fact, that. Uh, 60% of their student body's going. They, they're busting, yes. Which is how many people? The 6,000 students. They will have a presence. Okay. And Ohio State will have a ton. It'll be sold it'll be, out. It'll be a ton of Ohio State fans. But so it'll have a great presence. There won't be a lot of people at this game. It's like six, it's five o'clock on a Friday night in the Bay Area. Theory. It's not a theory, it's a fact. Let's just go back to previous Pac 12 title games. No, I'm not, the atmosphere sucks. I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying it's, an, it's interesting. It's five o'clock on a Friday night in Santa Clara, California. You're saying local time, yeah. Good, good luck getting there. Well, it's a championship game. You would have gotten there earlier. Uh, Utah fans will. Have, I would make a weekend out of it if I was passionate enough to go watch my team play in the in the championship game. Are you saying they should Washington? By the way, five and a half point favorite. It's, it's eight o'clock Eastern time on on Friday night. Do you think? Do you think they should? The Pac-12 is hurting itself by yes. playing on Friday night. Uh, I think. I mean, I love it as a as a guy who's going to be sitting in his house by I've himself. I've seen some people say it's kind of amateurish. No, I, I think it's fine because they get the night to themselves. But I think on a play it on campus. All right, so you're saying that they should play it on campus, but it's because of the time slot and the West Coastiness of it? Oh, I think if it was Saturday at 3, the environment would still suck. So it's about the Pac-12 then, not about It's about the location else. too. Santa Clara well, is Why is that different than Charlotte for... It's not. I, be, okay, first of all... Or, or Indiana, is, Indianapolis, is, or Atlanta. Because, well, though, the big, take the Big Ten and the SEC out of this. They've proven they will fill that up and create a, a, that, that's a great what, environment. What I'm trying to get to is it about. it's not about the time slot. It's as about much the as fan about bases th- being... The first of all, the, the geography. Charlotte, North Carolina doesn't create the best environment, but almost every ACC school except for Boston College and Miami is relatively... You can Florida get State's the, not close but it's a lot closer than washington is to santa clara are you sure yeah oh i'm gonna i'm gonna look this up right now <laughs> seattle <laughs> anything to prove to me wrong i don't I, i'm a big geography guy no, so though. am i i like i think salt lake city is a lot closer to santa clara than you think i think tallahassee is much further from charlotte than you think seattle to santa clara just typed it into okay. the google machine yeah seattle to santa clara california you better not lie. It is 838 miles. That's pretty far. 838 miles. Okay, Tallahassee okay. to Charlotte. Hang on. Salt Lake City to Santa Clara. <laughs> this is going to be really fun, actually. 766 miles. Utah is closer than Seattle. Okay. Interesting. That, uh, all right. Now, Tallahassee, Tallahassee to Charlotte. To, I, I, think I don't trust you. I, dude, I'm not going to lie about this. Tallahassee to Charlotte, 443 miles. Okay. Not even close. Slightly close. Slightly. It's, it's almost half the distance slightly from Seattle. Closer, so <laughs> slightly closer. Slightly closer to Charlotte. Do you know e- what slightly means? Either way, the, di- the difference. There's a big difference. The difference between an eight-hour. Mi- no, that's a huge Eight-hour drive or an 11-hour drive? Come on. That's not 830 miles. 300 miles is an additional four hours. That's what I'm saying, but you're already driving. It, it is an eight-hour drive from Tallahassee to Charlotte. That is a that is a full day of driving. If you're going to do a full day of driving, 436 miles is not eight hours. Trust me, I drive to my in-laws. It's I, it, 525 it, it, miles. It's, Believe me, I know. MapQuest is at the, don't the, the internet to says Quest. seven hours and 47 minutes. Is what it says. It's, it's six and a half hours. 430 miles is like six and a half. Hours. Let's shave 45 minutes off and call it seven hours. Even point is, is you are con- committing a a large chunk of a day to make that trip. 
<laughs> I, I'm what I want to get to is why the atmosphere is sucky, and what because we're the fans saying don't is go. It's because we're accusing the teams of not having good enough fans to go. Is Washington, what we're saying Washington has unbe- well, they've got tremendous fans. I've been there; it's a great place to watch a game. Pac-12 fans don't travel as much. Part of it is it's inconvenient and it's expensive and it's far. That, that's for, that's for, what I'm okay for family. That's of what I'm trying to get to. In Tallahassee the, wants to go to Charlotte. It's a little bit cheaper whether you want to if you can you're drive right, there no, you're right. than family of four going from Seattle to no, Santa no, Clara. You're 100 percent right. I'm just so I, have it on campus. What I want to get to. What I wanted to get to though was can, the, the the. I'm not disagreeing with your theory. I want to get to the root of why the theory is that way, and it's not about necessarily the location. It's about the fact that the fans don't care as much. That's what you're saying, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. I just of, the, of all of the stops, like think of think of the map, and I think the Bay Area is just not a good college football area. Like L.A., mm. you can say it's a pro town, but it's a better college football area. What about Seattle? Vegas? Vegas would be great. Vegas, if you're going to go neutral, Vegas, go Vegas. Vegas would would bring people. You think? Yeah, just because it's Vegas. Yeah, BYU fans love Vegas. Yeah, they'll never tell you, but they do. <laughs> <laughs> they hang out in those underground. I said, by, by the way, when, when BYU played at Tulane, I was in New Orleans once because Vanderbilt was playing LSU. There were a lot of BYU people in New Orleans, too. <laughs> um, well, what about the football game itself on the field? <laughs> oh, they didn't even play that. <laughs> Utah, Utah and Washington oh. um, on the field. I mean, Washington has the advantage in almost every category, but there is an, there is a, there's like a mission to this Utah team that I really Pun like. intended? Yeah, actually. Since Tyler Huntley went down, they've scored 32 points, 30 points, and 35 points it's against impressive. Oregon, Colorado, and BYU. You were talking up the, the Shelly kid from the beginning, right? Yeah, he's been good. I mean, Jason Shelley, he's been pretty good. The running game was good against Oregon, not as productive against Colorado and BYU. That's what's impressed me, how they've been able to plug guys in to two very important spots and, and not really miss a beat. Because I thought, you know, we, we Tyler Huntley you could, was one of, the more valuable, one of the more important players in the Pac-12, I thought. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I was in agreement with you, and then, like, like you just pointed out, I, I'm, I'm just openly rooting for for Utah in this one, just to see a, something new and and, a, and to see sort of the rise of the Utes to the Pac-12 level. The, the the South Division title is one major check mark, but I think winning a conference title would sort of cement their decision and the idea to expand. I think it kind of it, it crystallizes it's very it crystallizes all of that I think and I just I I personally it, I'm rooting for Kyle Whittingham I I love Chris Peterson I'm not anti Washington I love Washington as well I like both these programs I like their identities their physicality their light of scrimmage it's a light of scrimmage game for both of these guys I like seeing East Coast football played in Pac-12 uniforms in a Pac-12 in in, 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 a, in, a, in a pro uniform in a yeah. pro in a pro uh, <laughs> venue um, all right you want to get to the uh, the, the big, shootout part two. Okay. OU Texas number three. Number two on my list. OU Texas. Um, all right. First, quickly, I love that the Texas AD says, you ain't getting the golden sombrero, by the way. That only is reserved for the oh, time out. shootout. No. I asked a longtime Notre Dame fan about the shillelagh thing. He said it's relatively new, forced, and made up. So I, I feel vindicated that I didn't know what it was. It's a new trophy. I have no idea what you're talking about. You admonished me for not like as a college football guy and someone who works in the field that I didn't know what the was it the golden shillelagh. Did that, did that happen? I don't remember any of this. Do you realize our podcast? I can go back and listen to them. I was three and zero against the spread. <laughs> you were one and two against the spread, and don't even ask me to go into your faulty math. <laughs> so uh, the jeweled shillelagh. You should know about the jeweled shillelagh. You should know. I about that. did not know. Just mostly because it's called a jeweled shillelagh. 
And I thought it was I'm the sure, Golden Chalet. I'm sure there's X-rated movies that are called the, the Jeweled Chalet. So I feel vindicated. <laughs> Go on. Go on with your... Uh, Red River Shootout is what okay. it should be called. And the AD, I believe, for Texas said, listen, you're not getting the hat. The hat stays here. I love that because it's not a Red River Shootout. It's a Big 12 championship game. That's cool. Um, I And then the, the the horns down thing is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The Big 12 well, will tell yeah, Oklahoma tell that what's going to happen is if the if Oklahoma player does the horns down symbol... It will be a penalty during the game. And I'm glad that you agree with me on this. It would have made for interesting conversation if you disagreed with me. But I, I, I'm sort of like flabbergasted by this. And I, the, one of the things I remember about these hand gesture things, and one of the things I don't understand is why it's taunting when one team does it and it's not taunting when well, the other team does y- it. Y- like the gator, the gator chomp and what the gator. Is the word, I, you know? Okay, I agree with you. But the word taunt, I mean... I understand why they do it. I just think it's so stupid. When you put taunting, your ho- you're taunting when you put yeah, your horns down. Right. So, but you're not taunting. You're just. But why are you not taunting them when you put the horns up? You're celebrating. You're being. You're really? celebrating what your school's like. Your school's. Hand. So I just scored a touchdown on you. Hook them, baby. Yeah. That's not taunting. It's no. the same thing. You're but celebrating scoring I, I a touchdown on your opponent. I don't want to disagree because I agree with you on the premise here. I think if one team's allowed to do it, the other team should should be. Allowed. I 100 yeah. percent agree. I, why is this a penalty? This is the dumbest thing in the world. Take the fun out of the game, why don't you? These are kids. Like, what is OU? These are kids playing like, a game. Every, like, what is OU? Like, what's he supposed to do? Like, an OU? Like, if like, you're throwing the bird, I'm fine with giving him a penalty on that. Like, that's you don't do that on national TV. Fine. Don't don't uh, grab your kibbles and bits like Baker Mayfield. I'm yeah. fine with it. If you do if you do the horns down symbol because you scored a touchdown on Texas, who cares? Or are you taking the fun away from these I, kids? I agree. It's just so stupid. I've, I saw I saw a Tennessee volunteer get a 15 yard penalty for doing the Gator Chomp one time in the swamp, but I'm going, the Gators do it every single game. Like what's like wrong? Hundred times a game, yeah. Right? What's wrong? What? I, I don't agree. I don't understand. Like if you've got a hand signal and it and it's allowed to be used, then the other team can use it. So if, if, here's the question: Oklahoma's up comfortably in the fourth quarter. Oh, do you do it? Oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! First down? No, <laughs> no. I would do it on like a. I would do it on like a third and eight when you run for three yards and just go horns down, <laughs> like in the worst possible situation, just to make fun of how stupid the rule is. To create a third and you know. All right, to the actual game. Okay. Um, Which o- Oklahoma gets credit for all of its offense all the time. Texas is averaging thirty-two points a game and scored forty-eight on them. Correct in their first meeting or something like that. Yeah. That- Took advantage of some turnovers. They had two scoring drives of 25 yards or less. That game was, if you look at the box score, Oklahoma, you would think won the game. Oklahoma averaged... Two touchdown drives isn't that... that Oklahoma man. averaged 9.2 yards per play. Texas averaged 6.7 yards per play. Oklahoma had two turnovers. Two drives over, under 25 yards is a lot. Two scoring drives. You're not having to drive the field. Yeah. Hugh Freeze disagrees. <laughs> He's Offensive coordinator, he beat, Hugh Freeze? He beat Alabama <laughs> yeah. with about four of those. Um, I want to get this right. Yeah, forty-eight, forty-five was the score. Yeah, and and I, I think my point was is that Oklahoma gets all the credit in the world for all their offense, and they should. They again, if they so can finish, tech- if they can finish at eight point nine yards per play, that'll break the record. They're the number one in the nation in scoring offense at fifty point three points per game. Uh, I think people view Texas as a defensive team, and I don't think people give Texas enough credit for you know thirty-seven points on USC. 48 points on Oklahoma. In a loss, they scored 35. In a loss, they scored 41. They scored 41 okay. on Texas Tech on the road. I just they, I, they I are the capable is, of, of offense sure. more so I, than people give them credit. I, I agree. I know the point is scoring points, but you are a yards per play uh, yes. advocate. Uh, that's Oklahoma. The, I didn't say I'm picking Texas. I'm just Oklahoma 8.9 yards per play for the season. Texas 5.5. 
for every snap, they're averaging 4.4 yards yeah, more per play. That's stupidity. Yeah. It's I mean, that's good. really stupid. That's when people don't realize how good Oklahoma has been offensively. I, I think Oklahoma wins the game for a lot of reasons. I think they, they probably could have, should have won the first game. Great job coming back, tying it, and you know, almost forcing overtime there. I think if the game goes the same way, they win this time. Like I don't think they need Transitive to play. Transitive property. They don't, they don't need to play any better. I think they should give the Big Twelve championship to whoever who allowed the fewest points to Kansas. That's really smart. Oklahoma gave up forty. Texas gave up seventeen. Winner horns. So no matter what happens in this game, I'm giving the championship one true champion. Texas Longhorns because they, Did beat they knew Kansas that before better. the season. If they knew that before the season, no, I listen. I'd be a little unfair. I, I, I think this is all Oklahoma. I, I, I've thought about this game. I've looked at the matchups. I've studied the teams, the depth charts. The quarterback for Texas is is obviously what is, is a situation. I, I just there's not a part of me that thinks that the Oklahoma Sooners staring up for the playoff and revenge against their rival in a conference championship for like the 47th time in a row that they're not that they're going to show that they're not going to. I mean, the only way that this game goes. As a to the Texas Longhorns is the same reason that they've won the Red River Shootout, is that this game just is tighter than people think. That they, the kid, it matters more to the kids. They play harder. That just everything is different. Just like the way Ohio State showed up against Michigan, right? But that, that, just, that's been that's the, the case. The, oh, that's when, the only argument when Texas has been an underdog, like they, they found reasons to overachieve. This is a championship game, so I think, you know, not saying you got didn't get. But you still have to sort of find a way to overachieve, right? Yeah, I mean, if we think Oklahoma's better, I get. I mean, they're eight point favorite. And one team's lost just, once, one team's lost three times. I don't know. I, I mean, I, there's nothing that says for me to pick Texas in this game. I agree. But, man, I can't wait. Horns down, says Mitch. 15 yards, buddy. Oh, 15 yards. We're getting yep. kicked off the podcast. Take the fun away. No fun on the podcast. Allowed. Alabama, Georgia, number one on my list of the starting 11. Um, SEC Homer. Uh, it's Alabama, Georgia, man. It's two, I can't wait to watch this game. One combined loss between the two of them. That was on the road against LSU. You got elite-level athletes all over the place. Um, I can't wait to watch the game. Alabama, 13-point favorite. That number is, is, is rather large. Um, first question is, does it matter for Alabama? Much like Clemson, same question. I think there's a 0% chance that the Alabama Crimson Tide misses the playoffs. When you win every game by 20 points for the first time since 1800s in college football and your only losses to SEC champion in 12-1 and Georgia – I don't think there's a poss- even at fifty to three. I don't Ooh. think there's a possible way to argue that Alabama doesn't belong because, frankly, if Ohio State's the team you're competing with, they have a twenty nine point loss to Purdue, and if that's the deciding factor, you can lose by up to twenty eight points then to Georgia and still, in theory, have a better. And, and in that case, in, our, in your wild ha- hypothetical, the only difference would be Oklahoma. Would, would, I mean, Ohio State would be a conference champion. And, and Alabama would not. I agree. I don't put it at a hundred percent. I put it at ninety-eight percent. But the chance, the, the 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 point about it not mattering doesn't matter because it's not like they're going to approach this game any different. They're, they're you know, no, no. I yeah. I agree. It, it just um, so here's I want to I want to bring up a stat. Uh, I want to bring up one stat for you, and and you tell me what you think about this. This uh, is why I think Alabama wins. There's a lot of reasons to pick Alabama. Can, you need a stat to tell you why you think Alabama wins. Well. It changes the. I think to me, there's one. So Georgia is ranked, and now I lost it. Where'd it go? Okay, Georgia is. They have 20 total sacks on the season. 99th in college football 
in getting pressure on the quarterback. I, I, I think that the only – you have to get into a shootout with Alabama and you sacks have to Sacks can be a little misleading. You can get pressure without getting sacks. So I, I agree. Three sacks on Georgia Tech, three on UMass, four on Kentucky. That is 10 of their 20 sacks in the last four, four games. They had three against LSU. Okay? Obviously, they got pressure on, on Joe Burrow, and, and, and they lost that game handily. But they have not pressured the quarterback this year the way they did last year. And that, to me, is the difference between this year's Georgia team and that year. Yeah, their defensive numbers are comparable, but they're not, they're not making as many big plays. I, I would agree. I, you know, I don't know what the formula for beating Alabama is because we really haven't seen anyone make them sweat. Well, I mean, I think it's I think it's play great defense and and I mean, besides the Missi- obvious, forcing some turnovers. And- Mississippi State, A and M, and LSU were the closest that came right, and it was about those three teams have defense. That's that, that's I don't Elite think defense, Oklahoma yeah. and Ohio State can play their styles of game and beat Alabama. I think Georgia has the defense to at least try, but they also have the weaponry on the other side. The other factor here is the same factor that Ohio State had over Michigan, which is revenge. And that we stood on the same field with Alabama last year. We went toe-to-toe with them, and we were just as good. Or, or they probably it's, think they were better. It's the same thing that Clemson had the year they beat Alabama. Is the, the, oh, there's one a belief. Of the, there's a, even though they right. lost, there's a belief. One of the hurdles you have to clear in playing Alabama is the mental thing, looking across the field during the national anthem and just going, oh, crap. Right. Like You've got to have that out of your system. And, and when you play them and play them well, that, gives you, that helps you the next time. Ole Miss did it, beat them a couple times. Clemson did it after losing the first time, then came back and beat them the second time. That's the one thing that, that Georgia can kind of lean on and say, you're just as good as those guys. You went toe-to-toe with them last year, and you should have won a championship. Let's take it out of them. You got a chance to win the Natty. Let's go do it. There's a chance there. Yeah, there needs to be some luck, some turnovers, but Georgia has the players on offense to, to make big plays, you know, to make an 80-yard touchdown. You know, DeAndre Swift, those guys, those guys can make a big play on offense to change the momentum of a game. I just don't know if it's enough because – I don't see Alabama scoring less than 28 points. I know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I think it's 38-21. Competitive, but not really. And it'll be the most points you see scored on Alabama, you know, like best offense, and defense will look relatively solid for Georgia, but 38-21, dogs. Here's an interesting. I mean, I'm uh, just looking at some stats. Sorry. The two highest rushing totals versus Alabama this year? Citadel. Citadel, 275, and Louisiana, Lafayette, 200. No one else really Rat ran poison. The ball. That's rat poison. Arkansas had some success, but that game was out of control. That was Early, like, yeah. Yeah, so no one's really run the ball in them except for Louisiana or the Citadel. So my last question of sort of – because so the, Clemson and Alabama losing and still getting in is one big debate I want to have. I want to have the – let's assume Ohio State and Oklahoma win. I want to have the tail of the tape debate now before the rankings come out because we're going to do our podcast and we'll have a big discussion. But assuming they both win, and Oklahoma was ahead of Ohio State in the rankings. By the way, Alabama 1, Clemson 2, Notre Dame 3, Georgia 4. Then you go Oklahoma 5, Ohio State 6, Michigan 7, UCF 8. So UCF's out of this equation, thank God. Whoa. Michigan, two lost teams. Do you need to thank God for that? I think so. I don't want to see them in the playoff. I have two – I don't know if they're hot takey questions, Mm -hmm. but I just maybe you can tell me what you think. Uh, number one, I don't want to see the committee take into account with Ohio State the Urban Meyer stuff. You guys know how much I hate the guy. <laughs> I don't like him. I don't think it should be a factor in the evaluation of their football team. How would you evaluate it? I mean, like, what factors? If, if things like, are they, de- they if, didn't they, they didn't play hum- as well early in the year because human element. No, no, no. I, human like, I don't understand what your your point is. Human element of. You believe that they got away with some shady crap. Oh no! Like and that. Oh, you don't want the committee to be like. I don't. I don't like them because. Oh yeah. Right. I, I don't think that's an issue at all. Don't take it out on the kids. 
Like I, I, I w- that didn't even occur to me. That right. The, so I want to make sure to get that out of the way because you know that that will be a point of conversation. Because if you were seeing this, you'd ever you'd have Ohio State like it's a 17 seed. Well, you can see diehard Buckeye guy saying, "Oh, they picked Oklahoma because we because of the Urban Meyer scandal." Right. No, it's not going to happen, and nor should it. And I would, I would, I would take someone to task if they came out and publicly said. Now I would morally respect them, but from a football standpoint, they probably I would, would not disagree. be on the committee the next year. No, they wouldn't. Um, so I, that's sort of one thing okay. to consider. This Oklahoma Ohio State debate could be the best debate we've ever seen it's in very the playoff. Good. But from a metric standpoint and, and a bullet point standpoint, when you talk resume, strength of schedule, offensive statistics, wins, loss, championship, all the things, every single check mark goes into the box of Oklahoma, with the exception of defense. Ohio State probably has better athletes on defense. Not even probably. They do. And they have more upside on defense, but they haven't been that good. 76th in the nation in yards per play. Oklahoma's about 100th. Outside of the metric of defensive efficiency, giving Ohio State the edge, there's no real metric to give Ohio State the edge in this conversation. So assuming they both win, and we come in here on Sunday and talk about these two teams, the only thing I can think of that puts Ohio State in over Oklahoma, should they both win, is this unexplainable, indescribable gut feeling of, I think they're better. Right? Is there any other argument logically to be made for Ohio State over Oklahoma? If both games go true to, like, if nothing crazy happens. Right. Oklahoma wins by 10, Ohio State wins by 15. Whatever. Right. I I agree. I thought... Right now, Oklahoma's ahead. Whoever you think is better now, if you think Oklahoma's better now, it's going to be really hard to change your mind this week because they're, they're beating a Texas team and the argument about they're avenging their loss. Texas, Texas is higher better, ranked than Northwestern. They're a better team than the Northwestern. Right. I I don't see how Ohio State jumps, even in a fifty-nine to nothing situation. I don't know how it happens. Yeah, I'm. There, there's a bias that we kind of all have that we just think Ohio State's a better team because we know who they've recruited and what they've done recently. I don't. Even. I don't know how if I feel that way though. Do you? I think I give them more of the benefit of the doubt. But my point is, I've kind of that's been a race this year because they've had so many they, games in which they have not played up to right. what we expect. Like the, again, the Maryland game two weeks ago. So if Ohio State gets in, and we sit down on Sunday and we do a podcast, and we're talking about an Alabama one versus number four Ohio State, which by the way is just as awesome in my mind as an Oklahoma Alabama matchup I, I would, would rather, be. I would rather see Oklahoma play Alabama this year. I here's the problem. I think Ohio State will give them a better game. And that's but my problem. In my gut, I'm telling myself, "What's the pick the four best teams, pick the four best teams, pick the four best teams. I think they're so close, though, that you can't go with your gut. Like, there's nothing. My gut is expanding at a <laughs> rapid rate, and it knows a lot of things, all right? I, I've seen both teams play. I'm not, you know, not a former coach or anything, but I don't sit here how you can say, throw, throw, throw aside all of the metrics, everything else. The comparative scores and, and just sit here and say you think Ohio State's a better team. I, the, the, per, the, the Purdue loss is what you can lean on. Ohio if you're a committee State, member, you can lean on the Purdue loss and say they had their a, ceiling might be their, their ceiling might be a little bit better than Oklahoma's, but they have not shown that ceiling enough they, this but year. But they just did against the best team that either team has played. Okay, but what what happens if Oklahoma beats Texas by twenty one? I listen. I am on. So the, are there certain things that Oklahoma can do that can can erase that from you, like that you can't even? Bring no, that I don't think there's an arg- I don't think there is an on paper argument to make for Ohio State if they both win, regardless of point differential and margin of victory. The only argument for Ohio State is this nebulous, vague, I think they're just better. But that's, so that's, that's the only thing you so can my, say. So my question is, 
If Ohio State wins which is by the job 10, of the committee by if definition. Ohio State wins by ten and Oklahoma plays one of its best games of the year, does that is that erased from your argument? Like you can't bring that up anymore. I guess because I you're, you're coming off Ohio, you're making this argument after Ohio State's best performance of the year. True. It, and if they then what happens if Texas plays its best game? You mean Oklahoma? Oklahoma plays its Sorry. best game. What if Texas, I mean, if Texas plays, plays its best game and Oklahoma still wins? Then Ohio play. State gets in. And we're not talking about this. Yeah. Let, let me. Can I bring? Can I ask I you a question? I, I was going to say I want. This is where I want you to bring in the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia loses thirty-five twenty-four. Play a good game. Give Alabama its best test. Everyone pretty much thinks Georgia's better than Oklahoma and Ohio State. Why isn't Georgia the four seed? All right. I'm glad you brought this up because this leads me to a conversation about another team that I'd like to add to this. And that is, I think, regardless of what happens this weekend. Iowa State? I think Notre Dame is the sixth best team in America. Is this your a life, newfound scorching take? Your life depends on it. You are going to die or, <laughs> pick, or pick this game right. Okay. <laughs> Notre Dame versus Georgia. Georgia. You're going to die or pick this game right. Notre Dame versus Oklahoma. I don't know. Really? Yeah, see, I, I don't. I, I hold Notre Dame in a little higher regard than you, I guess. You're going to die. I, I understand that part. you pick this game right. Notre you were Dame versus, your picks Notre week, Dame versus Ohio State. Notre Dame. Really? Yes. See, I think Oklahoma's better than Ohio State. I think Notre Dame's right there. I think they're right in that mix. I think Notre Dame is sixth. Have you watched Ohio State play all year? Yes, I watched a lot of them. I have Dwayne Haskins on my fantasy team, okay? <laughs> I watched every game. I watched them give up large chunk plays to Oregon State. Which you liked because then they got the ball back. Exactly. I, lo I love how bad the defense was <laughs> this year for Ohio State. It helped my fantasy team finish second. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't think I, it's I think that you clear. Could argue. Your okay, opinion right, fair, is fair. Notre Dame is six. My opinion is Notre Dame is four. four right. Yeah. You're, I, you're big on Georgia. Yeah. So My I, rankings have been Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Notre Dame. Those four for about a month now. Hasn't changed. But now you're saying you, but you're moving Notre Dame down two spots. I, I, I think if I see this sounds like a forced hot take to me. No, Ohio State played its best game. We saw Ohio State at its best one week Ohio, after almost losing at Maryland. Ohio State at its best would crush Notre Dame. Oklahoma at its best would crush Notre Dame. You don't always play your best. That's why we play the game. I'm not so sure about that, tough guy. So the argument that that I think, and this is in part, this is unfair, but it's certainly tied to Michigan for me. Michigan and Notre Dame are built very similarly. They have very, very good defenses. They have okay athletes. What did Ohio State exploit? Athletes in space against the defense that wasn't fast enough to hang with them. My concern about Notre Dame is the same concern I had about Michigan. They beat Michigan. Ohio State just crushed Michigan. I, my concern about Notre Dame is they don't have the athletes. They're very, they have a veteran defense. And here's the other problem with Notre Dame. Look at their... Look at their schedule. Just read off their schedule. I heard this argument this morning. Read off the schedule. Michigan. Seven points. Ball State. Eight points. Bowl-bound Vanderbilt. Five points? Five points. By the way, is Kyle Shermer the best quarterback they've played this year, not named Shea Patterson? Mich uh, Notre Dame. Um, there's a chance that Kyle Shermer is the best quarterback they've played. And that's, not a, that's not a knock on Kyle Shermer. It isn't. You're knocking Kyle it's Shermer. It's a knock on all the other quarterbacks. Um, Wake Forest killed them. Stanford, killed them. Stanford, Virginia Tech were very were good quality, dominating performances against decent teams that, oh, by the way, were way worse than they've ever been in the Not last ever. 10 years. In the, in, the, in the most yeah. recent memory. Pittsburgh, ACC Coastal. Five, five points. ACC win. Coastal. 
10 to Northwestern. Don't you dare say anything bad about our Crushed about Florida Navy. State, but oh, by the way, the point, and this has I, been made by many people, that they played a schedule that on paper looks very difficult, and every single one of those teams was as worse as they've been in maybe a decade. As now, it's the best Syracuse we've seen in a while. It's a really good Michigan. But USC, Florida State, Navy, Virginia Tech, and Stanford, all arguably their worst team of the decade. I'm just I'm rethinking the athlete angle for Notre Dame as I watched Ohio State out athlete Michigan. Fair point. Does that make sense? Is that that's, yeah, that's I, the line of thinking. Yeah, it's a fair point. You I, disagree slightly. Slightly. Okay. We don't know. It's not now. Here's the yeah. the, the good thing about this for Notre Dame fans who are listening it's, right now and screaming into their podcast, whatever that means, uh, screaming into their car or wherever they're listening. It it ain't gonna happen. Right. Notre Dame's getting in. It, it it's not gonna happen. They don't have the balls to to to, to the committee doesn't have the stones to say. We think Ohio State and Georgia are better than you. We're going to put them in. They, they don't. They don't have the stones to do it. So it's not going to happen. And I don't think in. there's much, enough there there to do that. It's just your that, opinion. That's but, fair. which I know that's the. There's a lot of the people that agree with that, though. You're you're actually one of the few that I've talked to that will kind of push back on that. I'm just pushing back. I'm not saying I don't. I'm not saying I disagree. I just don't think it's as cut and dry as you th- you think. You're gonna die. Or pick I this don't game right. Die. You, you didn't pick the game. Oklahoma Notre Dame neutral field right now today. Uh, your head's in the guillotine. The bla- <laughs> what, I have can I the, watch it? I have the blade. Yeah, you get to watch the game sideways. I have can the, the I have the blade in my hand. And if Why you pick you the game, it? oh, I get the joy of killing you. By the way, there will be. Uh, I have an alibi for Sunday. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm you holding. Really I'm holding the string, and I get to pull the blade and chop your head off if you pick the game wrong. Oklahoma Notre Dame neutral field right now. Santa Clara at on five o'clock on a, well, so, five no, o'clock, so no one's there. No one's there. Five o'clock Pacific time on a Friday night. Go Irish. I don't think they stop Kyler Murray. I don't think they stop Dexter Williams. Ooh, take that. <laughs> God, that was such a good point. Okay, such a good counterpoint. You're in front of a, just just a conversation I wanted to have about Notre Dame. You're That's in front all. of a firing squad. All right, there's 38 people with guns pointed at you. 38. People with guns at so you. I have to dodge 38 bullets. Ohio versus Western Michigan on a neutral field on a Friday morning. Who do you got? You got to get it this right. Eastern Michigan or Western Michigan? If I meant Eastern Michigan, I would have said Eastern yeah, Michigan. That's what I Western. Ohio. Solich. Okay. Give me Ohio. Okay. Good luck. Nice knowing you. <laughs> You're suggesting that that conversation was as meaningful as the one we just had? Yes. <laughs> I disagree. The committee's job is to discuss Notre Dame. All right, um, all right. Quickly, do you want to discuss any uh, coaching stuff here? Because we can do that at the after the season, after the rankings come and go. Um, uh, you know, Mac Brown goes to North Carolina. Here's what I want to see: I want to see Brett Bielema coaching at Kansas State, and I want to see Butch Jones at Texas Tech, so we can all pretend that it's 2009. Because Les Miles is coaching, Mac Brown's coaching, Bielema, Butch Jones, get them all back in. Let's just do it. Get do the, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. USC hires Lane Kiffin. Let's go. Let's that just, would be great. It feels like it's feels like it's two thousand. At least Mac Brown had success in North Carolina. Propilum had success in former careers. Yes. Les Miles straight. had success in his former career. Butch Jones had success at Cincinnati. Two nine win seasons at Tennessee. I'm just saying, I, I'm a little surprised that we're going back to two thousand nine. No, I agree. Uh, Scott Leffler, the new coach of Bowling Green, does that excite you? Well, a little bit. Yeah. He he's kind got, of re- experience. He he uh, resuscitated his career. He was kind of an yeah. often maligned coordinator. Did a good job at Boston College. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, by the way, as we mentioned on the podcast, a very hot name being mentioned for basically every offensive coordinator job in the NFL and college across the board. Um, I don't think any other big news. Oh, uh, the Auburn Gus Malzahn stuff is just so fascinating to me. And the story and the reports are now that the, uh, that Auburn has 
Auburn met some some high ranking people, met with Bob Stoops. The meeting went unexpectedly well, quote unquote, and that um, I think that would be a a huge hire for Auburn. I think that would be great. Um, I think Gus Malzahn. The, the the weird thing about this story with me with Gus is it's the most Auburn thing ever, but that they're negotiating with him for him to reduce his buyout in exchange for staying next season. To which I would say, why? Why would you do that? Because you're under contract for next season anyway. You just signed the contract last year. $32 million is what they would owe him right now today if they fired him. Why would you not force their hand? Now, the responses have been two reasons. One is the Auburn is, uh, Auburn is apparently trying to invalidate the contract, which sounds super Trumpian. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I signed a really important contract with you. I'm just going to figure out a way that it doesn't apply. I, that's scary to me. I don't if I'm right. It's only been a year world. too, so like what yeah. could have gone wrong? Um, and how do you invalidate the? Con- I don't know. Invalidating contracts sounds like a very very dangerous path to start going down for for both coaches In this and administration. Industry, yes. yes, it seems odd. Um, so that's one. Two is that he just genuinely wants to be at Auburn so badly and thinks it's the only place that he can really truly win a championship and compete at the highest level. There's no other great jobs available. You know, USC's keeping Clay Helton, whatever. There aren't – that's the – why would you do this? Why would you, re, why would you renegotiate a lower buyout for, for an exchange for, the seventh, for another year at Auburn when you're already locked into another year at Auburn and can get paid $32 million if you get fired? Is coaching that important to him over money? Maybe it is. And in this environment, great job, great place to live, great everything, but the scrutiny – and dealing with all this crap every year. It's it's never gone away. It never will go away. Do you think Albert. you should have taken the Arkansas job? No. I mean, I wouldn't. I would rather – I, I, would, I would make Auburn fire me. Give me the buyout life, baby. You can, Here's win, the thing. you can win a national championship at Auburn. How many coaches right now out of the 65 Power 5 teams – I know you can't do all of them immediately off the top of your head, but how many coaches – if you were the AD, would you fire your coach today to go get Gus Malzahn if he's available and you had a yes from him? The money was right. Everything works out. And you say out of the sixty-five Power Five jobs, probably what fifty-five, fifty, probably. Yeah, he's he's a really good coach. I mean, I would I would fire. I mean, I, I'd have to go through the list. Certain fifth. I would keep are, yeah. I would keep Dan Mullen at Florida, just in the SEC. Yeah, then. I would keep Dan Mullen at Florida. Nick Saban, obviously. I'd keep Nick Saban. I'd keep Kirby Smart. Outside yeah. of that, who are you keeping? Who do you not? Who like if I'm Tennessee, I fired Jeremy Pruitt yesterday to get Gus Malzahn. South Carolina, I fired Will Muschamp yesterday. To get Gus Malzahn, Coach O, LSU, probably. Yeah, I think so. I don't. I don't know. I mean, Stoops did a great job. Jimbo Fisher, probably not. Maybe not Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. You're right. Maybe there's a fourth one there, and 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 you physically can't. You'll get thrown in prison if you fire um, or punched in the pacemaker if you try to fire Jimbo Fisher. I don't know, but you see that story as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my I, god. Yeah. It's crazy. Only in the SEC. Was just a, like, only in the SEC does a coach get punched in the pacemaker and then potentially file a lot. Like they're lawyering every, up. I think every ten minutes there was like new new angles, new film. Like this is a Bruder film. It's I crazy. can't. I cannot believe that story. That's that's an SEC. That, there, those are certain things that only happen when when people say it just means more. They just care. That's more. the stuff we're talking they care about. Too much. It just means too much. It, it crosses. <laughs> yes, it crosses lines. It means too much. All right. Anything else you'd like to add on championship uh, weekend? Wish me best of luck against my two kids. I'm a fourteen point underdog. Ooh. Yeah, heavy. my life depending on it. I'm betting against you. <laughs> That's a smart bet, yeah. sir. Smart bet. I'm just hoping the house is still standing when the wife gets home. You should uh, call some reinforcements. I, I have. I've already got. Okay. No, I've, I've got grandparents lined okay. up to help throughout the course of the week for sure. Oh no, I 
I, I'm I'm bringing in like in like the 1800s when they used to bring in JUCOs for a weekend. You know, there like were, you could there were no JUCOs in the 1800s. You could transfer from like Iowa to Texas for a weekend and then go back to in Iowa. The 20s in the 1920s or whatever it was. That's sort of what I'm doing. I'm, okay. br- I'm bringing in like a, a JUCO kicker for the weekend and and then they're going back. Okay, taking their scholarship away. All right, back to Iowa Western. Yeah, Wesleyan. No, Iowa West- Wesleyan. It's not a <laughs> not a place. <laughs> I just made it a place. Uh, anything else you'd like to add? Empty the notebook. Normally is what I would there's, say right here, but there's nothing. There's to, no notebook. There's nothing to do. No. I, season goes by so fast. I know. Man. Shortest season out there. It is. All right. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday. Reminder on Sunday. Immediate reaction to playoff rankings. We will get. You'll get our thoughts on why the teams ended up where they ended up. And, of course, on both matchups and championship picks as well. So, Mitch Light, enjoy championship weekend. I will. And uh, good luck. Follow him on Twitter, at Mitch. Thoughts I will, and prayers. I'll keep you up to date on uh, all of my uh, my <laughs> my action with the two kids uh, all over the Twitters as well. I'm sure there will be plenty of venting at Braden Golf. Follow me there. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening.